It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Which draft pick do we regret the most? Or what would we have done differently if we were in charge of the Dallas Cowboys? All that and more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, how's it going today, sir? Good, except you need, apparently didn't get my memo about it being a business uh, attire work. Business work casual. Day Friday. No, yeah. Not even business casual. I guess I am casual. Marcus thought this was a jacket, which yeah. I guess you can tell, but it's not, and I'm not wearing a suit. So uh, we're, we're still keeping yeah. it casual on Fridays, just so anyone yeah. is worried. For, for me, my dressing up is, am I going to wear a sweatshirt or a t-shirt today? <laughs> Sweatshirt's a little bit nicer, but. Yeah. It's a little, a little classy, a little classy. Well, I will say, my my wife for like my birthday and Christmas, she'll buy me dress clothes, which are sweatpants and sweatshirts. And I, I was thinking it's great. But, Work uh, from home right. life. Work from home uh, life. I know it's pretty great. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know the last time I put on like jeans, but uh, all right, let's uh, let's get to you guys' Twitter questions. Uh, first one from at Trashman underscore talks. Can you uh, can you guys talk about the undrafted free agents uh, in a bit in depth? Yes. But we're going to do that on Monday and Tuesday. Landon and I have picked out about six guys uh, that we really like that have a chance to make the roster. So we thought we would kind of take the weekend to watch them write up scouting reports. So please tune in Monday and Tuesday. We're, we're going to we're going to break these guys down like their draft picks. And I don't know about you, Landon, but I've already watched a couple of these guys, and I'm pretty excited. Yeah, a couple of them I knew about going into the draft yeah. because uh, I, I thought they might be targets. So, yeah, definitely excited to talk about some of those guys. Yeah. All right, next question from Zach. Uh, who are you the most disappointed that the Cowboys didn't draft when they had the chance to? Uh, Poe from Mercer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, slash fullback, yep. I, I thought for sure that he was going to end up a Cowboy and, and uh, was going to end up being, you know, the kind of McGovern role. Um. You know, I, I I guess I don't I don't really view it so much like that. You know, I, I like I, I know a lot of people get pet cats and, and guys that they really like. I certainly kind of, you know, pr- have preferences and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I honestly the Poe guy was was the one who <laughs> made me the most upset. I'm not going to lie. Seventh round. Uh, yeah. Seven. For me, it's Jermaine Johnson. I. I know I like Jermaine Johnson more than you and probably more than most people, but I, I just, I felt like he was a gift to be there at 24. A lot of people had him going much higher. He filled a position of need. He fit the requirements that Dan Quinn likes in a defensive end. He's long. He was productive. Um, he was athletic. I, I felt like if you do that draft and you take Jermaine Johnson in the first round, 
I just have a feeling the board falls better for you the rest of the way because now you're not – I don't want to say reaching on Sam Williams because I don't know if that's the right word, but you're probably picking a better play, player or talent at 56, and you still probably can get Jalen Tolbert at 88. I, I just think it would have worked out better for Dallas. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you like Jermaine Johnson a lot more than I do. I think yeah. he was way artificially pushed up. I viewed him more as a – I mean, I think – if if I had a board, I probably would have Sam Williams and Jermaine Johnson's tags touching in the third round. So, yeah, see, I I like Johnson as a top fifteen player in this draft. So I thought if having him available at twenty four was a no brainer. But apparently the Cowboys didn't see it that way. We'll see. This is this is why we love the draft so much. Is somebody's going to be right and somebody's going to be wrong, right? Or at least that's what we're going to tell everybody. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, all right. I, I do have an interesting couple questions about uh, Tyler Smith here. Um, mm-hmm. This one from at Rashdog15. If Tyler Smith didn't have technical issues, how would he compare to Rashawn Slater or Penny Suell as prospects? I mean, that's a pretty big if, right? <laughs> like, I mean, yes, uh, and I think, I think we understand I, that. But if, if the technique was good... What I think he talking? compares very favorably to Rashawn Slater, right? I mean, kind of a – well, I mean, actually – He's quite a bit bigger than Slater, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he actually – maybe more than Sewell. Right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, if he was technically sound and at that frame, he's a top 15 pick. Like, the physical traits and the tools and all that, I mean, like, literally the thing that's holding him back – well, maybe he's not a top 15 pick because he's he goes to Tulsa and, and that might yeah, – But know. at the same no, time – Ikiakuanu went six. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna dispute my own point. I, I yeah, I think he's a top fifteen pick if he's got no technical issues, right? I, I yeah, I mean, I, I think the physical traits, the the demeanor, the 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 personality, all those things are in line with what you're looking for. It's it's more about the ability or the technique, the consistency of the technique. Yeah. That's yeah. the issue. I think he's a top 10, 12 pick, even if the technique is just, let's say, average, right? And it's mm-hmm. not, he has five penalties rather than 16, right? He probably is, a, he's probably a pretty high pick because we've seen guys like this go really high before. Uh, the perfect example to me is like Greg Robinson, who was at Auburn, right? Was I don't, I don't even know how many years ago that was, but a super big, powerful, yeah, yeah. A- athletic tackle guard. He went, I think, was it number two overall? So I, mm-hmm. he could have certainly went much, much higher if the, if the technique was a little better. And maybe this is some of the the value the Cowboys are getting because I think I read that his Tulsa teammates expected him to go back to school this year, work on some of that, um, and he kind of declared. And because the NFL said, "Hey, you're going to be a pretty high pick. Go get NFL coaching rather than you know wasting your time here." If he goes back to school and he cleans up some of that stuff, even a little bit, yeah, you're probably talking about a top 10, top 12 pick. Yeah, I think he made the right decision uh, yeah. because I do think that he's going to you know, get, get the better too. coaching soon and he'll get be being paid by it. But I, I do agree that if he was – because I don't know, man. If, even if he goes back to Tulsa, is he going to get the coaching he needs no. to get better? And that's like, probably I don't know the that problem, he is. Right? Yeah. yeah. You're just another year older, um, which – I don't care for offensive linemen, but might as well just go to the NFL, get get through your rookie contract, and we'll see where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. Go yeah. go start getting good coaching immediately. Start working on your craft in the offseason yeah. uh, and being paid to do it. I, that, that's the way to go. Uh, I got another Tyler Smith question I want to get to, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Blue Nile. 
Are you looking for fine jewelry for that special woman in your life, but you're having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every single budget. On BlueNile.com, you can easily navigate thousands of fine jewelry options at every single price point. And this Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Lockdown Cowboys listeners will get $50 off $500. This podcast exclusive is good only through Mother's Day. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. That is promo code LOCKDOWN. We also want to tell you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this week's Kentucky Derby. Underrated sports weekend with Kentucky Derby, basketball, baseball, hockey playoffs. Uh, BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting, the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, next one. From at Clayton5370, I'm seeing lots of comments that treat Tyler Smith as an immediate upgrade at left guard over Connor Williams. Don't you think that's a lot to ask considering Williams was a four-year starter and played tougher competition in college? Yeah, I think it is a lot to ask. Um, I mean, but I also think that this guy has more physical, better physical tools than Connor Williams did. Um, You know, especially in the sense that he's already significantly stronger i would imagine than connor williams was but yeah i mean i if you're asking me if that are we <laughs> too quick to discount how good connor williams is yes i've been saying that since you know last season yeah i think that the, the nfl his contract kind of showed that you know he got paid a good uh contract to go start at guard for miami so um you know i i think i think that it will it it could potentially be a learning curve. We we have no idea exactly where Tyler Smith is right now. I think, you know, we, we need to see exactly what we get in, in training camp to kind of get a, a real gauge for where he is. But I don't think it's unrealistic to think that he may not be as good as Connor Williams to start the season. I, yeah. I think that's not unrealistic at all. Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be parts of his game that are better than Connor Williams right away. Like, I just think he's going to be better at moving guys off the ball, right? I think you're going to see probably more highlight blocks and stuff that people post on Twitter and get a million retweets about. Right. But if you're talking about like game to game consistency, Tyler Smith could struggle because I, I witnessed this firsthand last year with the Raiders with Alex Leatherwood, who started four years at Alabama, really long athletic played, went from tackle to guard in the NFL and was bad. Like these offensive linemen take a long time, especially when you're not super technically sound it takes a while. So I, I I would caution Cowboys fans to – this isn't going to be a Zach Martin or Tyron Smith thing where they come in and you're getting Pro Bowl level play. It, it might look pretty sloppy for a while. Let's also remember not that Tyron Smith wasn't a Pro Bowler when he came in either. No. I mean, he started on the right side, and he struggled early on. So uh, I, I think that, you know, that's we, – we tend to kind of, you know – change history in our minds when we like a player and, 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 and pretend like it was always kind of smooth going, but that's not necessarily the yeah. case. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely going to be learning curve here. That's kind of how it is against with all positions in the NFL. I think the difference here is that he's going to have, because of his strength and his stoutness inside. And, you know, I think because again, he's, he's kind of hopefully getting some experience on either side of him. 
um, I think that that will, you know, helpful, hope, hopefully help him uh, kind of, you know, mitigate some of the, the early issues that he might have had. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question comes from John Rodriguez. He wants to know, does Tristan Hill make the team this year? I'll say yes, I, but I but I'm not confident. You know, I mean, I, I don't think it's like he's a sure thing. Lock. Not at all. Uh, not at all. Uh, but yeah, I, I will. I would say yes for now. Uh, but uh, yeah, I certainly don't think it's you know a sure thing because if he, he needs to play better, there's a lot of bodies at the position at this point. Uh, Tristan Hill is not any of these coaches' guys, uh, so I think that you know there's he's not going to get the kind of deferential treatment that he may have gotten last year uh where where they're still trying to give him another shot i think last year may have further kind of pushed pushed him into the doghouse at different points because it took him so long to come back you know from that from the injury situation and then he came back and then he got suspended like a few games into the season yeah Uh, you know so no i i definitely would i wouldn't call him a lock by any stretch of the imagination he's gonna have to have a great camp yeah, I don't think he's like a long shot to make the team, but I, I would say it's 50-50, easy. Yeah, I mean, least. It, it, let's be honest here, too. If it comes down to, like, John Ridgway or Tristan Hill, the Cowboys could see, hey, Ridgway is a cheaper because he was later pick. We've got four years of control versus one year of Tristan Hill. We're in, we're in the last year of Tristan Hill's deal. We'll see. He's only played 500 snaps to the Cowboys over three years. Yeah. So it's – yeah. We, we really don't know what we're getting, but it wouldn't shock me either, though, Landon, if now that he's, you know, further removed from the ACL injury um, and he's in a defense with, I think, actually, it's going to be good for his skill set. If he has a really good camp, like, that won't shock oh, me. Oh, yeah. Either. That wouldn't surprise me either. I, I mean, I think I, I, I that's why I truly think it's a 50-50 proposition. I have no idea what to expect for Tristan Hill. You know, like I, I think we could get anything from a kind of, uh, you know, the sort of consistent, what we've gotten a lot of is the kind of on again, off again, inconsistency, sure. or are we going to get a guy who's kind of fully grown into his position now and, 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 and is playing at a higher level? I think equally, both are equally like, like likely scenarios. He's still only 24 years old. Yeah. So he's pretty young. Um, You're really hoping in year four it clicks, but we'll see. And if it doesn't, I mean, they've got a lot of bodies up there with the Bill Gallimore. They they've got Osa, Ridgeway. I mean, they can, they've got defensive ends that they can even kick inside with Basham and Golston. So we'll see. Uh, all right, next question. And this is a really important one. Uh, it comes from Frank. He wants to know, is there any reason to trust Joe Philbin to develop guys in the offensive line? Is there anything in his coaching history that makes you hopeful he can get some of these young guys ready to play? Yeah, I, this whole like uh, talking point has gone too far, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. I, I you know, look, I, I am of the mind that offensive lineman development happens 95 percent in the off season. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen during the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, yeah, like it, it's and, and that's the 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 Terrence Steele thing is is my favorite part of this argument because you know whenever people bring this up, I bring up Terrence Steele and they're like. Uh, Duke Merriweather is the one who uh, developed uh, Terrence Steele. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's the point. Like, yeah. these guys don't – the CBA does not allow for enough time on the field with these coaches 
for the coaches to be the ones developing these players. If mm-hmm. you want these players to develop, they have to spend time on their own with these coaches to kind of get their stuff right. And, you know, look, it, it, I, I understand that there's a uh, a disconnect between the coaching staff and the uh, scouting department, and the scouting department has uh, a very uh, vocal mouthpiece that works on the radio. Uh, but I, I also think that there is more to the offensive line room than just Joe Philbin. You know, I think Blesco, Jeff, John Blesco, Jeff Blesco, right, yeah. uh, is, is is a very talented guy. He's developed people at a different, couple different spots. You know, Philbin himself has 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 had uh, uh, you know experience with those guys developing. And again, the development part happens in the off season. You know, the development part happens when you're you're. Uh, uh, when you're when you're in your offseason, you're working with your your primary coaches. What I want Philbin to be doing, and what most of his job description is, is to design the, the protections, to design help design the run game, and help make sure that the execution of that and the alignment. Now, there are things that Philbin's done that are ridiculous. The 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 the, the area that he can have an uh, uh, an effect is stop moving guys in and out of the lineup get a consistent yeah. five, and then have them play together. That stuff makes that stuff is on him. But this whole idea that like players can't develop under Philbin when when I've sat there and watched Terrence Steele go from what he was last year, despite Joe Philbin to this to last uh, two years ago to that last year, and frankly, what we saw from Tyler Biotis just from the uh, the beginning of the season to the end of the season, I thought was de- was good development. So uh, I, I have a hard time with this talking point because it, it doesn't really it's not grounded in anything that makes sense to me. I will say this. Um... In regards to Philbin, it's time, right? It's it's year three for him. He's got his guys in there now between Terrence Steele, who he wanted to play over Lyle Collins. Lyle's gone, right? They drafted Josh Ball uh, in 2021. They drafted Tyler Biotish in 2020. They drafted Tyler Smith in 2022. Like, these are his guys now that he's kind of wanted. And it sounds like he wanted some more bigger – more physical offensive lineman. They drafted Matt Farniak. Was it last year? Right. Mm-hmm. These are the guys that he's kind of he's wanted. It's time for this offensive line to start developing some of these guys. Does it mean they have to be the best offensive line in the league? No. But it can't be the way it was at points last year, where it just looked absolutely atrocious. Right. Where it just looked like mass confusion up front. Yeah, I mean, I think you just didn't have guys that you know uh, were cons- were comfortable playing with the guys that were around them. I mean, they kind of moved in and out. Like I said, the consistency thing with with having a, a consistent starting five is is a huge thing that, that the offensive line coach can have an effect on, and that specifically was something that he did uh, have an issue. But if we're talking about developing individual players, that's mostly on the players themselves, to be honest, and and their work ethic in the off season and their uh, willingness to work to better their craft uh, consistently throughout the off season. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question. Um, this one comes from, uh, it's from Al Shungo, I believe. Uh, will the Cowboys look for additional help at cornerback? The Kelvin Joseph situation is still unknown and a suspension by the league could be possible. So do you see the Cowboys going out and signing a cornerback? Um, th- there's an expectation that James Bradbury is going to be released by the Giants. Um, not interested. No, he, he was not great last year at all. He fell off a cliff. There's a reason that $10 million is not a lot of money for a good cornerback and they are desperate to cut him in New York. So it's not I also for him anyways, he's not the, he's not the type of corner that they typically look for. 
I also think that where are you going to fit this cornerback that you're signing? Because the room is pretty full at this point. I I, I don't imagine that they're going to, uh, you know, uh, try to like get more bodies in here. They have three or four young guys that they think they can play. I mean, you've got a starting three that you feel solid, even with that you had all year last year, right? Your defense was good with all year. What do you mean? I mean, you had Trayvon Diggs, Jordan Lewis, and Anthony Brown. Like, you played all year with those guys. Yeah. And they're all coming back. Yeah, exactly. So you don't need you don't need to go out and replace a guy that no. never replaced this guy. You know, like, it's – Kelvin Joseph, the expectation was that he was going to step up and take this job. I still think he will, but if he gets suspended, what's the backup plan? Same plan as last year. Same yeah, guys then, that are, that came back that were the starters last year. So Sean Wright and, and Deron Bland. Deron Bland. And, yeah. And maybe you bring back, you know, uh, Maurice Kennedy last year who played yeah. a couple, you know, so that, that to me is more likely than going out and getting a Joe Hayden or something like that. Yeah. I mean, cause you're not, I mean, look, you can go pay a bunch of money for a guy who 50, 50, maybe as, as good as he was last year, which isn't great or washed <laughs> or you could just pay the you know third round salary of nation right whatever that is and Pennies. he could be equally bad as as the guy that was washed last year or better you know yeah. so uh, I, I just think that there's no reason to go spend that money on a guy that's not now at least now if, yeah, you get, now if you get an injury to Diggs and brown like in camp well, that's completely different that's yeah different, of course right? I, yeah i just don't see the need at this stage there's other positions on the roster that i think you could argue you know a veteran would make sense i'm not sure corner is that spot we have to remember this point of the season up until at least the second preseason game it's more important to see what you have in these young players than it is to try to secure some veteran who will likely just be on the street when you when you need him anyways. And if he's not, they'll be an equivalent of him because we still got to get through cuts. There's there's still going to be a third and fourth wave of free agency. Yep. There's just no urgency to sign veteran guys at positions where you have a ton of youth right now because you want to see what that youth does. Now, there are holes. Like if you have a hole to fill, like you don't have enough numbers, go sign a free agent. But not at a position like cornerback where you've got you're overflowing with young guys that you want to see get better and see what they can do. I want those guys to take as many reps as possible in absolutely mini camp absolutely. and training camp. I want Jordan Lewis, frankly, if his toes hurt, sit out, Jordan. Like we yeah. don't, you know what I'm saying? We know what you're doing. We know who you are. I want to see what Wright does. I want to see what Bland does. I want to see what Joseph does. Like those are important things to see in the training camp. I hundred percent agree. Uh, all right, one more quick break to tell you guys about Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food to take with you on the go, whether that's when you're going on your, your daily walk or you're going to the golf course or you're going on vacation. Built Bar is the absolute perfect snack to take with you on the go. They are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they only contain 130 calories. Uh, compare that to your average candy bar that has 240 calories. It's not even a competition. Go to built.com right now to get all of your favorites, including banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and my current favorite, peanut butter. Uh, they are all delicious, and they've got new flavors coming out all the time. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My sister actually called me the other day. She said, hey, Marcus, do you have any boxes of Built Bar that you can send me down to Nashville? And I just, I texted her back, Lock 15. That's all I did. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted me to send her some boxes. So I, I got to say, we need to make an effort the next time you do that read that you, you kind of really emphasize the summer is coming, but but in the tone of winter is coming from uh, Game of <laughs> Thrones. Throws? Yes. Summer is coming. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel like we have not had uh, a nice day in forever over here. So, uh, oh, you can right. visit that, LA. It's, uh, it's yeah, kind of yeah. nice. Uh, <laughs> Next question. This one from Evan. Uh, what are your pre-training camp feelings about the team as a whole? I, I'm, I think there's a lot of wait and see at this point. You know, I, I think that's the thing about having such a very young team right now. And that's the Cowboys have a very, very young team is that they've got a whole bunch of picks from last year. Uh, they've got all the picks that they had this year. And all of them are going to come into training camp, and we have no idea what any of either last year's players are going to look like or this year's players are going to look like. The, you know, the, the development that happens between your rookie and your your first veteran season uh, is the most is the steepest learning curve or the steepest uh, uh, ability rise usually that happens because it's your first year uh, being away from school. You're a full time professional athlete, and like I just mentioned, you now have the ability a lot more so to pay for better training in the off season to, to invest in your body uh, and to get better. And I you're still kind of in a prime age because you're still young. So. All those guys that we got picked last year that, you know, we kind of saw just a little bit of, uh, you know, the, the Josephs, the Nation Wrights, uh, the McQuamus. You know, we saw obviously Parsons, but he'll even get better than he than he was. Uh, all those guys, Mahana, they're they're gonna they're gonna take some sort of step in, in improvement. So it's hard to know what those players are gonna look like. So I guess I know this is a kind of a cop out answer, but honestly, this is one of the years more than uh, the last five or ten, really that it's really kind of hard to know exactly what this team is going to look like because I would say they have as much youth and unknown kind of youth uh, as they've had in their team in a long time. Uh, yeah, I just – I went to go look up some of the, just the kind of ages of the team. Uh, so you have a couple older veterans, right? And it's, it's Zach Martin and Tyron Smith. Now, those guys actually aren't as old as you would think. Um, they're like 31, 32. 31, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence just turned 30. Do you know who the fourth oldest starter is on this team right now? Oh, is it Jaron Curse? Uh, he's close. He's actually okay. a couple years younger than somebody else. But Jaron Curse is the fifth fifth oldest starter on the team. Is it Dak? Uh, it's actually Anthony Brown, who the Cowboys. Oh yes, of course. Anthony but Brown, so, yeah, but yeah. that's the point. Is like. Anthony Brown and Dak were drafted in 2016, and like they are your veteran guys on this team. Ezekiel Elliott's the same way. Like guys that you drafted six years ago are suddenly the oldest players on the team. Like it's just an incredibly young team. Yeah, and 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 that just you know again, 
uh, it kind of contributes to the unknown here. And that's why I've, I've tried to kind of temper people's like, you know, jumping off the cliff is that it's, it's just a bunch of unknown, you know, much like there was last year. I mean, frankly, we had way more doubts at this team than we probably should have going into training camp because the team was way more talented than we realized. Well, I mean, let's just, I mean, I feel like I'm being way too positive. I need to cut this out. Oh, well, let's yeah, think you've, about already, you've already been called out on Twitter for being more it. positive than the athletic podcast. So <laughs> no, that, that was really funny. <laughs> that was funny. Let's just think back to where we were at at this point last year, right? Yeah. We exactly. had no idea what Dak was going to look like in week one and how healthy he was going to be. Was he even going to do anything in training camp? I mean, he ended up not doing a ton in training camp for a different reason, right? He had a different injury, but like – we had no idea what he was going to look like after that injury, right? There were local Dallas media folks who were saying that Dak would never play football again. It would be guys. a June one cut. <laughs> like, I mean, let's remember. Let's not. Yeah. Let's remember who said those things and maybe not listen to those people. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. Yeah, but so we so you had that. You, the, there was basically some real questions at cornerback because remember you had Trevon Diggs coming yeah. off of a really up and down rookie season, which he got hurt. Anthony uh, Brown is a bum, right? Is like, yeah. like we all were like, Oh, it, we got to get Anthony Brown off the field. Right. And remember at the time, again, at this exact time last year, your safeties were Demonte Casey and Donovan Wilson. Right. They didn't even have Malik Hooker on the roster yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, or curse, I mean, right? Did they sign curse at this point last year? Uh, they did sign curse, but we thought of him as a guy that was borderline going to make the team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. special teams guy. So there was a lot of there was a lot of questions. Um, there was even questions about like, is Lyle Collins going to be in shape to play? Like, what what's he going to look like? Uh, Terrence Steele was a disaster at right tackle the year before. If they have to play Terrence Steele, is it going to ruin their whole season again? Like, there was a a lot of questions. This team obviously has a lot of questions as well. I think you're worried a little bit about maybe the talent drop off, but I, I don't think there's anything many mo- more questions. I, I think we were shocked at how well they played early in the season last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if I was less shocked, maybe having seen some of it in training camp, because basically my stance in training camp, if you remember, was this team seems pretty good, but I'm afraid to kind of go all in on it you know because it, it was it felt like it was fool's gold and then we come into the tampa game tampa bay game and and they confirm it hey this is a pretty good team that we're, we're dealing with so yeah i, I just i By have way, a hard that, time that week was a lot of emotions because they played so well against tampa and seven days later lyle collins got suspended for five games michael gallup yeah. was out for two months randy right. gregory got covid uh i mean it it was it was tough you know it, it was I don't know. I, I don't know if I feel any any worse about where they're at. I don't know if I feel better. I think I feel probably about the same. I, I think they've got questions, but nothing I, that I think is going to hold them back maybe from being a contender. I think the point is, is that right now we don't know. You know, it's it's like even the people that know this team the most, even the team that even the people that are in the building that are the coaches, they don't know yet. They got to get these guys on the field before we have any kind of uh, of, of idea. There's there, we could talk about the potential of all these guys all we want, but but sometimes these guys exceed our expectations. Sometimes yeah. they don't meet them, but sometimes they they're better than we expected. Yeah. So we just need to allow for a certain amount of the process to go before we're like 
you know, ready to completely write off this season or, or, or crown ourselves champions, whichever sure. side of the, of the coin you're on. Uh, last question from Thomas. What 2020 draft pick development is the most important to the Cowboys' success this year? I'll give you the 2020 draft picks in case you forgot. CeeDee Lamb, Trevon Diggs, Neville Gallimore, Reggie Robinson, Tyler Biotish, Bradley and I, Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci. I mean, he's got to get that hat game. No. Uh, uh, I, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. It's CeeDee Lamb. It's CeeDee. You right. know, the whole point of this situation, I think, was let's clear the way for CeeDee Lamb to really fly and take we off. We need to find out, right? Yeah, we need to find out, you know, because we know that we didn't, we don't like, I mean, I'm speaking as the front office. We know we don't like Cooper or, you know, we, we feel like his, that they were getting inconsistencies with him. Uh, we feel like CD is ready to take the, the next step. Let's see what we can do here. Uh, it's I a think huge he's here for CD. I mean, it's absolutely enormous. We're, we aren't talking about it, frankly, enough, honestly. I, because I, mean, it's, I mean, just from a contract standpoint, too, like, He's a he he is a receiver drafted in the first round. So you do have the fifth year option, but like if he doesn't become the number one receiver that I think you and I both think he can be, we're having a real conversation about do the Cowboys need to draft a receiver early next year and just let CD kind of ride out his contract. And even then, we could have a conversation like, Do you pick up his fifth year option? Do you want to pay him 17 million on the fifth year option? I, I don't think we're gonna have to worry about that. I honestly think He's going to be just fine, but it's a huge year for him. I would actually frame it in another way because CD is already the wide receiver one. And that's what I've been trying to tell people with about the Cooper thing forever is that y'all keep talking like Cooper was wide receiver one. Cooper stopped being wide receiver one a long time ago, maybe even the before last season. It, it's been CD Lamb. And so well, the question is not whether he's wide receiver one. The question is, is he an all pro type of wide receiver? Is he a pro bowl type wide receiver? What sort of contract are we talking about here? Are we talking about him making the kind of money that those top guys are making? Like, because if he has a, he hasn't, ha he had a, a solid wide receiver one season last year. I, I think if you go look at the numbers, I mean, they're on par with, with what you expect there. Now, did he have an all pro season? No, he did not. So the question is, is is he ready to take that step is he ready yep. to become a dominant force in the league and if that's the case then uh the contract negotiation situation is gonna is yeah. gonna heat up uh so i mean i'm just looking at the fifth year option now because he made a pro bowl last year you're looking at like 19 to 20 million dollars guaranteed for the 2024 season that the cowboys are gonna have to decide i don't think it's gonna be much of a conversation i think he's gonna play to that level yeah but he needs to, like he has yeah. to, and he needs to he make to this it. a no doubt situation for Dallas. We'll see. I, they obviously need it, to be him to be a star. There were times last year that you know he he needs to clean things up. He just needs to, to to tighten his game up in general because there were there were concentration drops. There were there were things that happened at times where he he wasn't running the right route. It seems like or he wasn't on the same page with the quarterback. Things that you know if he if he just tightens those things up. Suddenly we're talking about a, you know, 1500 yard receiver with sure. 13 touchdowns as opposed to, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he's something like 1200 yards or 11 around there. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that's the kind of thing that, you know, just like spending the off season honing his game, you know, to the point where it's refined uh, and then you'll get a, a CD lamb that is kind of fully unleashing all his talents. And, and I think that's the kind of, 
uh, player the Cowboys are expecting, and that's the kind of player that the Cowboys likely will pay for. They also need to get him more involved. In 16 games last year, he had 120 targets, which that sounds like a lot, but when you go across the league and you look at like what the Lions, how many targets the Lions gave like Amon Ross St. Brown, he needs to be the 140, 150 range. Like he just does. And the Cowboys need to do a better job of putting him in a position to, to get those targets. And that's probably why you don't have a, a three receivers on the team, one of which has a $20 million price tag anymore. I, I know that that's cruel to and, and harsh to say, and I don't know if that was necessarily going to be the best decision. We'll, obviously, we'll find out. We'll find out. But that's a big part of the reason why they let Cooper go is that they wanted to give CD more targets. It doesn't make financial sense while you also still have a Michael Gallup that mm-hmm. you want to keep and a guy that's making $20 million. So what do you do? You get rid of the guy that costs the most that you felt like wasn't producing at the level that you're paying him. It was a tough decision, but it was a decision made for getting CD more involved yep. in the offense. And and I also think that, again, we'll see, but I also think that Pollard will be a beneficiary yep. here as well in the, in the past game. Jacoby Myers for the Patriots had more targets than CD Lamb did last year. I mean, Hunter Renfro had eight more targets. Landon, there was... There was nine receivers last year that had 40 or more targets than CeeDee Lamb. That can't happen. And we, 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 I don't want to get into all of this again. But again, think about what was happening with Cooper at the end of the, of the situation there. You felt like you had to get him involved early. You felt like you had to get Cooper catches early in order to – and that was kind of what the, the, the book was on him, right? Is that you needed to get him involved early in order to kind of get him into the rhythm of the game. That kind of like, you know, uh, uh, have to, that kind of uh, job that you have to force in there, that that makes it difficult to try to get the ball to the other guy that you're really trying to get the ball to, right? If you're, if you're having to force feed Cooper early just so you can have Cooper as part of the game plan and, and, and engage later in the game, then uh, that's problematic for trying to get your actual number one wide receiver uh, more, more, uh, more targets. So... Yes, I'm excited to see uh, uh, Lamb get upwards of 140, 150 targets. I think it's time to see exactly what we get out of that. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, Monday, Tuesday, heavy UDFA show. Always my favorite shows of the year. I I always get so excited for the undrafted guys. So make sure you guys tune in for that. Continue to check us out on YouTube. You guys have been loving the videos over there. We post them every single day. Uh, Go check out the content over there. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your weekend. See you guys right back here on Monday. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Cowboys. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.